Gibbs, founder of Incandescent Public Relations, publisher of Be Incandescent Business Magazine, and your host for the Incandescent Entrepreneur Show on the Incandescent Radio Network, the voice of entrepreneurs. How did Jane Ferrara help bring Stone Brewery to Richmond? The COO of the city's Economic Development Authority says transformational change was the key to wooing the big beer company. I'm Hope Katz Gibbs, founder of Incandescent Magazine and Truly Amazing Women TV. We are here today with the lovely Jane Ferrara. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. So we are going to talk about this big win that you got for Richmond. So question number one is, tell us a little bit about Stone. What turned you on to them? When we received the RFP, uh, we started to do a little research and we started to dig a little deeper into, you know, who was this company? What were they about? What were they about and why? Were they looking to um, find a location on the East Coast? And the more we learned about the company, the more excited we became about um, their values and uh, their goals for, uh, for this East Coast location. And some of the things that we learned about them was not only did they want to you know, establish a, a large production facility and they wanted to create some jobs and and make um, a huge investment in equipment and in real estate in the community they chose, but they brought something else to the table, and this is what it intrigued us. Um, they're very much a, a value-based company, and uh, they encompassed many of the values that we find are important for our community here in Richmond. When they come to a community, uh, they uh, very quickly uh, become a part of that community. They want to make a difference in any community that they um, locate to. Uh, sustainability, philanthropy, you know, those are the types of things that uh, were important to the city. And let's tell our audience a little bit about Stone. Uh, they are the 10th largest craft brewer in the United States. Starting this year, thanks to the work you've done, Stone will begin to invest $74 million to construct a production brewery packaging hall, destination restaurant, gardens, retail store, and administrative offices in Richmond. Richmond was selected from 20 states that also submitted proposals after Stone's request in January 2014, and the company has been listed 10 times on Inc. 500's fastest growing private companies list, and called the all-time top brewery on planet Earth by Beer Advocate magazine, twice. It's also the first American craft brewer to independently own and operate facilities in Berlin. So we first met you actually when you presented at the Richmond Chamber event, the Extraordinary Women's Exchange, and you were talking about how the key to bringing this brewery here was transformational change. So talk to us about what that means and what it meant to you and the city of Richmond. Well, um, in, the, in the world of economic development, um, most people view it as um, in, a, in a very traditional sense that, you know, it's about landing that big company who's going to invest um, uh, initial money to establish a facility and employ people. And certainly that was um, very much at the top of our list when we began talking uh, to Stone. But as we um, worked with them and identified a potential location for them within the city, um, we identified a location along the Eastern Riverfront area, which is an area that has long seen um, disinvestment, 
Um, it's been an underutilized part of the city for many, many years. And the amazing part of it is it's along our beautiful riverfront. Right. And uh, the, the piece of property that uh, ultimately they selected was acquired using federal funds um, as part of an urban renewal program about 45 years ago. And uh, these properties were acquired and demolished to make way for redevelopment. Well, 45 years later, there was no development on that property. Wow. Um, so when we took Stone there and showed them uh, that location as a possibility for this East Coast uh, production facility, they immediately saw the vision. And, and as I said earlier, you know, they're their goal is to make a difference in any community that they locate to and they saw the opportunity to make a difference to make a difference in the community uh, to make a difference uh, to the city in terms of transforming an area that has been so underutilized for so many years and um, as a result uh, we're already seeing a new activity and new interest in that part of the city from other people that are so excited uh, that Stone is going there, that now they're considering opportunities in that area as well. And there's other, there's a little bit of development down there. Yes, um, just over the city line in Henrico um, is Rockets Landing, and it's a mixed-use uh, development with condominiums and some retail space and a, um, a couple restaurants on, on the city side. So I think bringing Stone to the area will catalyze additional growth at Rockets Landing, but also bring in some new investment. So I want you to talk a little bit more about this transformational leadership and, and what it took to make this happen internally, because it's got to be complicated to get this deal to be passed. Tell us a little bit about the logistics and how you managed it. Well, transactions like this are pretty complicated, and um, be, the, the competition was fierce. Um, as you said, they looked at 20 states. Uh, they, were, they were presented with 350 proposals wow. on sites wow. um, along the eastern seaboard, um, east of the Mississippi. And so we were one of 350. So we knew that in order to compete in um, a field uh, like that, we really had to stand out and we had to be unique. And we had to find a way to resonate with with this company. And we really found it by finding similar uh, common values. Um, and we really played on that. I mean, we really focused on the fact that, yes, they could make a difference and this was how. Many people in my um, business uh, talk about uh, quality of life. Uh, we talk about being business friendly. We talk about it's a, um, why our areas are a great place or a better place uh, to locate. and. We end up all saying the same thing. <laughs> and so our tact was to understand those things that were important to Stone and play up our assets and why those assets would complement uh, the goals of the company. So that was part of you know our strategy was really sort of getting beyond the, the normal marketing um, spiel that, right. that most people um, will we'll utilize. But we really wanted to get to the heart of the company. And, and we did that by appealing to their sense of uh, um, how they could play a role in revitalizing our, our East End, how they could play a role in um, activating our riverfront, 
and and employing people in a community that needs jobs mm -hmm. and and needs help and needs training. The the community was absolutely um, ecstatic about the possibility of stone coming to their area. Um, a couple of other things that were important in um, in attracting stone was to get creative on the the structure of the the transaction. Um, when when Stone initially came to Richmond, they were looking for an existing building. They could just move in, and move their equipment in and start production. Mm -hmm. Well, we didn't we didn't have that. And then they were looking for um, a site that was just ready to go. You know that they could just immediately start construction on. We didn't have that, um, but we we had a site that captured their imagination, and um, and it it involved assembling 26 parcels of land. Um, we brought in our Economic Development Authority, which is an allied um, partner organization that exists to promote and uh, facilitate economic development in the city and to serve as the developer of uh, the facility. And then the city stepped up and actually provided financing uh, to build this facility. And um, it, from a financial standpoint, that it gave us a competitive edge, and um, it, it enabled us to put a proposal in front of Stone that made great business sense. So what does it take to woo a company like this to Richmond? First and foremost, it's, it's not one person. It, it really takes a village uh, to do a project like this. In fact, when the governor announced that Stone had selected Richmond, Virginia as its East Coast uh, facility, I made a list of all the people that had touched this project in some form or fashion and helped us along the way. And I had counted at that point 150 people wow. had participated. And these were, these were um, folks that worked in, in my office. Uh, they were um, folks that we had to hire, technical experts, to, to help us in um, putting our proposals together. Um, but it was also our business community. Our business community really rallied around this project. Um, they rolled up their sleeve. They said, what can we do to help? And um, so having those people involved um, really resonated with Stone because they quickly understood that this community worked together and uh, collaborated uh, on projects such as this. In uh, putting together a, a project such as this one, Requ uh, requires a substantial amount of public process, public mm -hmm. input. Did you get any pushback from the community? We did, um, actually, yes, and everybody's got an opinion. But you know, and, and, and when it's all said and done, everybody might not agree with ultimately how you put um, the, the, the project together, but if as long as those people know they had a voice and they had the opportunity to um, voice their opinions about the project, their support or their um, um, their lack of support of the project. But uh, we had to attend numerous public meetings uh, with community groups, with elected officials, um, just to one educate the community about what we wanted to do and why we wanted to do it, and then to ask for ask for the support we needed to uh, pass the various ordinances. Um, it took the collaboration and consensus building. You know, when, when you're dealing with uh, staff, 
um, and then um, a staff of uh, folks within city government um, and elected officials along with the corporate world and site selection consultants. Everybody sort of had to come together and um, understand the common vision and figure out a scenario that everybody could could be proud of mm-hmm. um, when it was all said and done. Um, we had to bring in um, technical experts just to respond to the RFP. The level of detail that was required just to present a location to the company necessitated a, a, a huge amount of very technical knowledge of of whether or not the site could accommodate the specific requirements of the company, and if so, how could it um, meet those requirements? Things such as environmental testing and topographical and survey work and all of those things. So we had to bring in um, that technical team of experts to help us work through that process. And then, as I mentioned earlier, um, speed. Um, you know, Stone was looking for something that was existing. We didn't have it. So once we determined that we didn't have what they wanted existing and waiting for them to move into, uh, they agreed that building on this site made good sense, but they wanted us to do it fast. And so now um, we've got a fast track uh, team of people that are already on site um, every day working on, on this facility. And we think we'll have it done in you know by the end of this year wow, within 10 amazing. months because they're not the only craft brewery in town they are not and the one thing that is interesting about uh, stone and what they'll bring to this community is that spirit of collaboration so they're, they're very committed to lifting up um, the craft brewing industry in the San Diego County and also uh, wish to do that in in the city their mantra is rising tides lift all boats and um, before they um, made their commitment to Richmond, they reached out to all of the local craft brewers. And you know they went and visited them and they said, hey, what do you think? If we come to Richmond, um, do, you, do you think that's a positive for you? Or uh, do you feel threatened by that? Or you know, can we talk about it? And you know, the industry as a whole is a very collaborative industry. And those that understood Stone as a company knew that Stone was going to bring a lot to the table for the entire industry here. So what's their open date? They are planning to be operational by June 2016. Wow, soon, about a year from now. So we started construction February of this year, and uh, we'll be turning over the shell building to them by the end of this year, and then they're going to spend six months brewing beer and taste matching. Uh, because whatever they brew in Richmond, Virginia, has got to be has got to taste exactly like what they brew in San Diego. Interesting, because yes. the water's got to be different. Yes. The minerals. Yes. And, yeah. Wow, yes. that's so interesting. So you reached out to the community. You tried to build consensus. What were the people saying that they didn't like about this idea? Well, I think it w- it's the unknown. Some of the things that I think um, created the most. Um, feedback, um, uh, maybe negative feedback in some cases from folks is, um, well one, there were there were some that felt threatened by this big company coming in where they're going to put the little ones out of business. I think we've, we've addressed that and I think Stone has addressed it very effectively with uh, the local craft brewers. There were 
constituents that did not agree with the financing structure, where the city um, actually fi is financing uh, the development of this facility. Um, we did not take that um, element of the deal lightly. Uh, we had our financial advisors um, very carefully evaluate the company. We um, very, very carefully scrutinized their financial statements and operating pro forma. And we put together a deal that we think um, ultimately makes good business sense uh, for the company and the city. So what does the city get out of it? Stone will enter into a 25-year lease uh, with the EDA, the Economic Development Authority, who will ultimately develop this building and lease it back uh, to Stone. Um, the this is a two-phase project. The first phase is $23 million. It's a 200,000 square foot production facility where they actually brew the beer and package it, and there'll be a tasting room. The rents on that facility over 25 years will equate to over $40 million. For the city? For the, um, for the, EDA. For the EDA. And then the EDA will pay the city back the initial $23 million loan. Okay. And so phase two entails a 30,000 square foot bistro and beer garden. Um, we're estimating that um, part of the project will be a, an $8 million investment. At this point, we haven't determined what the financing structure is going to be. But to be honest with you, we have a lot of folks right now that have, are very interested in working with us and financing that part of the, of the project. You know, when we talk about economic development, um, it, economic development happens a lot of ways. And um, we, you know, when, when we do a project here in the city, we try to make sure that every project we do um, accomplishes as many goals as we possibly can. So we talked about the revitalization. We talked about the job creation. We talked about the investment in the, in the new tax base that um, will occur in the city. But the other um, um, element that is very significant is the tourism mm -hmm. element. Right. And if, if Stone is successful in generating the level of tourism that they do in San Diego County, that'll be a huge boom for our local restaurants, our hotels, our local businesses, people that will actually travel to Richmond to, to visit Stone, and then while they're here, they'll visit other breweries and um, other, other businesses yeah, in the city. Great. Yeah, that's great. Wow, that's excellent. So we're putting this this interview, this conversation, in under our umbrella of cities of the future. Yes. Because this seems to me, from all the research that we've done, and one of our clients is a futurist think tank, and they're talking about what cities will be developing. Our book of the month is the history of future cities. So we're trying to figure out what cities will look like moving forward. So how do you see Richmond developing in 3, 5, 10, 50 years from now? Richmond is, is really a city that... Um, is just beginning to to realize its its potential in sort of the new world, I guess, of, of urban redevelopment. Um, you know, we're so blessed with um, our location on the eastern seaboard. We're smack dab in the middle of the eastern seaboard, um, so um, you can you it, within a day's drive you can really touch three quarters of the um, of the population of the United States. Wow. And, you know, we have this beautiful resource of the river that runs right through our, our downtown. 
Um, and you know that resource is is an amenity from a recreational standpoint. It's it's a beautiful natural resource. But for the craft brewing industry, you know, it's sort of like Napa Valley. Napa Valley is is um, has been so successful in the wine industry because of its natural resource of the of the soil and the climate, are is perfect for growing grapes. Well, in Richmond, we have abundant, very high quality water. And for a, a, a craft brewer, water is the essence of, of their product. So um, I've gotten off track. Over no, your question. That's great. It was City of the Future. <laughs> yeah, so City of the Future. Um, so Foreign Direct Magazine yes. just gave a huge win to Richmond. What does that mean for Richmond? Well, it puts us on the map internationally. When foreign companies are um, looking at the potential uh, locations around the United States, they're going to go to sources like this first. Mm -hmm. That's sort of the first tier of evaluation. Right. And um, and there's a there's a number of criteria uh, that they uh, utilize in formulating these rankings. So when when Stone initiated its site selection process, they they went through a decision matrix process, and they identified um, a number of criteria that were important to them as a company in uh, matching up their, their goals, uh, their business goals, to a real estate solution. And um, they um, formulated a, this, this matrix, very, very complicated matrix that listed um, all of the criteria, and then they ranked every site um, according to those criteria. And um, one of, of the criteria that they considered, and it was more qualitative in nature, but was, you know, do, is that community um, engaged with its local businesses? Mm -hmm. Is that community forward thinking? Are they collaborative in nature? You know, those types of things. And they look at accolades like the FDI ranking. Um, and the city of Richmond has a number of accolades that all were taken into consideration when uh, Stone was comparing us to all of the other localities. In the site selection business, it's a process of elimination. Mm. And so um, because you have so many choices, you have to find ways to, to narrow those choices and eliminate those choices. So you've been in Richmond for 17 years. So you've seen the history of future cities evolve. What was Richmond like then? What's it like now in your estimation? You're telling us a little bit about what do you see it as going forward? And finally, what do you love most about this city? Okay. Well, over the last 17 years, there's been a huge resurgence of the urban experience and the urban lifestyle. And when I moved to Richmond, uh, my husband and I made a very conscious effort that we wanted to live in the city. We wanted that urban lifestyle. But the, the, the trend at that time was to, be, um, was to live in the suburbs. Um, but we wanted the walkability, we wanted access to the cultural aspects of living downtown. Um, we loved the neighborhoods. You know, that's what makes Richmond so unique and so wonderful, our, our fantastic neighborhoods. I have seen over the years, over the last 17 years, that more and more folks are craving um, that urban lifestyle. Um, I think quality of life is being redefined. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I redefine my quality of life with spending less time in my car <laughs> and more time living my life. And so that's why I chose to live downtown, close to where I work, 
and close to where I like to play. Mm -hmm. and, and so this, this new generation of young professionals, and they call them millennials, and, and uh, um, young uh, folks that are coming out of college and looking for jobs, they want good jobs, but more importantly, they want great places to live. And the urban areas are really providing a rich experience for these young professionals who, um, who can go to their jobs and, and have good, um, good paying jobs and good employment opportunities, but away from their jobs, they have a great lifestyle you know, to do all the fun things that they want to do outside of work. This is for our tips for entrepreneurs. Can you give us three things that you look for in a company? Because from an entrepreneur's point of view, to have an economic development authority wooing you, going after you, putting 150 people on a team to try and get you to come, that's pretty amazing. So what is it that you look for? And what also was it the one thing that Stone represented to you that was so appealing? So the, the food and beverage industry is a great fit for the city of Richmond. And it, it's one of our targeted industries. It's, it's a high growth industry. And uh, they create uh, good skilled jobs for the people that live here. Uh, we've developed a number of workforce development programs to prepare a workforce for those industries. And then there are also, um, if you're able, to, if you're successful in bringing a business like Stone here, um, you will have spinoff you'll have other companies that will want to locate here because of stone. Okay. And so you'll get sort of this residual effect. For every one job created by a craft brewing uh, company, it's estimated anywhere from three to five additional jobs wow. um, are created in your marketplace. So Why there's is a that? multiplier effect. Why is that? Well, for example, if, if stone locates in Richmond and generates tourism, and, um, and fills hotel rooms and fills restaurants, then those businesses then hire people to, to meet those needs. Uh, the companies that supply them with um, maybe their glass products or their paper products or you know, um, other services that they, they need as a large company, um, if, if they're um, a consumer of those products, then those companies benefit and they grow and hire more people as Excellent. well. So if you're a company that wants to come to Richmond, how can they work with economic development? We can help them in so many ways. Uh, first of all, we can help them navigate um, establishing a business in the city. Sometimes it can be overwhelming when you come to a new location. You're not sure where to go or who to go to or where to locate or um, what's available um, um, in terms of resources uh, for those companies. Oftentimes, we're sort of that, that first point of contact for those companies, mm -hmm. and we like to connect dots. We like to help them establish themselves um, in the community, and then um, we will assist them in any way. We have loan programs. Uh, we have um, training programs for the employees that they want to hire. Uh, we have um, grants and incentive programs to uh, promote areas of the city that need investment. Mm -hmm. um, so if those businesses are willing to invest in those areas, we're willing to um, assist those companies with resources and incentives to um, for them to locate in those areas. And are these companies of any size, and is there a fee associated with getting help from you? There's no fee associated with that. Um, in terms of size, we what we you know we have to evaluate every every project um, individually. And, and again, I, keep, I know I keep saying the same thing over and over again, but it's all about jobs and investment. Mm -hmm. And so if, if a company 
is um, bringing jobs to the city or is in a position to grow and create new jobs, that's very important for us and we want to incentivize those companies to grow and thrive here in the city. Makes perfect sense. Matching it up and winning for everybody. I love it. Thank you so much, Jane. We really appreciate your time. You are watching Incandescent TV. Thank you so much and we look forward to talking to you again soon. So that's it for today's Incandescent Entrepreneur Show, where we always ask, what's your story? If you have a good one and would like to be interviewed on the Incandescent Entrepreneur Show, send me an email to hope at hopegibbs.com. Check back every Monday at noon for a new episode of the Incandescent Entrepreneur Show on the Incandescent Radio Network, www.incandescentradio.com. We look forward to talking to you next week. Here's to your incredible, indelible success.